The first reading is taken from the first book of Chronicles, chapter 29, verses 1 to 9. It can be found on page 433 of the Pew Bibles. Gifts for building the temple. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son, Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great, because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for the wood, as well as onyx and settings, turquoise stones of various colors and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver to the temple of my God. Over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple, 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? Then the leaders of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave towards the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of, the, of Jehiel and Jeroshonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from the book of Acts. It's in two parts. Uh, the first, Acts chapter 11, reading from verses 19 to 30. And the second, from Acts chapter 13, reading from verses 1 to 3. And it starts on page 1105 of the Church Bible beside you. Acts chapter 11, reading from verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, 
and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to their elders by Barnabas and Saul. Chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for these two great readings, for a vision you set before your people long ago, your people of Israel, to build a place of worship for you. And the vision you set before your new people, your church, to share your word, your gospel of peace across the known world. We thank you for speaking to us this morning. We ask that you'd open my mouth to speak your word and you'd open our ears to hear it and our hearts to respond as those disciples of long ago did, wholeheartedly and with joy. Amen. So uh, this is our theme verse for this year. Jesus' mother speaking to the servants at the wedding in Cana, saying to them, do whatever Jesus tells you. Do whatever he tells you. And today is our Vision Sunday, another chance to be asking ourselves, what is it that Jesus is telling us to do? Well, as King David said, the task is great. The task is really huge. God had given to David's son Solomon the task of building the greatest temple the world had until then seen. 
Not because David or Solomon were the richest kings the world had ever had, but because God, their God, our God, is the greatest God, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the only true God. And God has given us a huge task too. What's our vision? Jesus' love transforming lives from the heart of South Sea here out into Portsmouth and beyond to the ends of the world. It's a huge task, not because it's for us, big for us, but because it's for God, our God. It's for Jesus. It may seem beyond our strength and experience, as for the young Solomon, but it's not beyond our generosity when blessed by the Spirit's empowering and anointing. So the temple's first role was to be a house of worship and prayer for all people. And this is our first vision goal as well, to become a contemporary house of worship and prayer for Portsmouth. So we've been, uh, like David, we've been mustering our resources, building up our staff team to stimulate worship and prayer. Many of you, like me, were really touched, really moved, really encouraged by the Pete Gregg prayer course that we had earlier in the year through Lent. Our intercessors and worship leaders are going to be signing up for training later in the autumn. And we've learned lots about praying, haven't we, through our uh, sermon series, through our summer school of prayer over the summer period. But it's always much more focused and powerful when we do it together. So in two weeks' time, we're going to be joining the National Prayer Weekend, crying out in prayer for our community. Joining with churches all over the country to pray for those around us, for our nation. Why don't you contact the office if you want to know more about that? And of course, Rowena has the uh, cards to hand out to you. We've also known for a while that we're going to need some more professional help with our worship. Someone who can stimulate and coordinate our worship at every level. Someone who can build and strengthen our worship teams in each congregation. We need to be thinking and praying now how we could... We need to be thinking and praying now how we could recruit someone like that in the coming year. Who might that be? The temple also gave people the chance to meet with God for themselves and then to grow in their character, their faith, their ministry. So that's our second vision goal, to follow Jesus deeper and further, to become a centre for following Jesus deeper and further. Worship and prayer presents us with a choice to follow Jesus, a choice which Chloe and Abigail made publicly in their baptism last Sunday, and what a wonderful time that was, and which Ellie and Alex and Annabelle are going to be making this afternoon in their sea baptism. I don't yet have a picture of that. 
Each of them are giving to Jesus something much more precious than onyx or turquoise or gold. They're giving their whole lives. Are you still facing that choice? As we've heard, Adam is leading an alpha course starting on the 20th, a great chance to discover more about Jesus. If you haven't done one yet, I've got an invitation for you. But saying yes to Jesus is just the start of a lifelong journey deeper into him. Not just following Jesus, but following him deeper. And we found the best context for that is in small fellowship or house groups or prayer triplets. If you're not in one, then you're starving yourself spiritually. I know it's hard fitting it in, but you need to make this a priority. So why don't you contact Jit or Ruth and they'll help you to find one appropriate for you. But the vision Jesus has given us, the big task that we have, isn't just about ourselves, about getting closer to Jesus. That's never enough for God, is it? In the reading that we had from Acts, God used the scattered followers of Jesus to share his good news out from the heart of Jerusalem. Firstly, northwards and then westwards, and later to the east and the south. And through us, from here, like those first disciples filled with the Holy Spirit, giving not just their gold and silver, not just their hearts, but their courageous lives and their living witnesses, God wants to use us to transform the lives of our neighbours, of our community, our city, our world. So, the stronger that we are in our shared faith, the more ready we are to face up to the challenges of saying yes to Jesus. Jesus doesn't want us just to be camp followers or pew fillers. He wants us to be ready to get stuck in for him. Are you willing to consecrate yourself, as David was calling for, to consecrate yourself as skilled laborers in God's work? Would you be willing to join a ministry team? We heard about those before the summer. Are you willing to be like Jesus's earliest followers, sharing your faith with those that you meet, your family, your friends, those at work, those you meet in your hobbies. That's how Christ's kingdom grows, as one person shares with another. And remember that God's good news didn't just go out to the Jews, it also went out to the Greeks. That means to people like us, and also to people not like us. What does that mean for you? Is it time? to join the youth team? Or is it time to join one of our outreach ministries? The Friday Fridge, perhaps? Is it time to befriend someone of a different culture or a different religion? The thing is, the more accustomed 
that we get to saying yes to Jesus, the bigger the challenge is to go further that he can offer to us. He wants us to have the guts to take responsibility for his work, to be leaders of families, officers of companies, commanders of businesses and ministries, officials of King Jesus' work. Will you be one of them? It's not about status or glamour, I can assure you. It's about hard work and responsibility. It will cost you more. But you'll get a bigger share in the ministry of Jesus, of partnership with him. And more than responsibility, it's also about getting up and getting going, following Jesus and witnessing to him in places that are unexpected, that are beyond your expectations. It's scary, but it's incredibly, incredibly rewarding. We're forced to trust him. And as we trust him more, so we get closer to him. Lexi was reminding us of that as she was telling of her stories of her year following Jesus across the world last year. So what about stepping out of your comfort zone and joining an outreach ministry? A street ministry like HOTS, Healing on the Streets, or Street Pastors, or a mission project like Project G. Next year, there's talk of taking a group of guys out for a new Project G to Ghana to build a... Uh, a classroom together and at the end of the year we'll also be recruiting for a growing leaders course could any of these include you or is Jesus setting you aside for church leadership Ruth was licensed just yesterday as our new lay reader joining Rowena what are the possibilities for church leadership that God might have in store for you? Or is he calling you, like Paul and Barnabas, to, to launch some new church plants? We've just commissioned James. He's going off to join Harbour Church as they begin their new church plant. They began last Sunday. They're getting going this Sunday. And I had a very exciting meeting at the diocese this week, in which we were talking about the possibility of planting a new congregation at St. Margaret's Church down Highland Road. Well, nothing's decided yet, but this year we'll be thinking and praying about whether to commit to that and how best to do it. Could you be part of that church planting team? Come and have a word with Jim. Well, organising all of this and maintaining our venues for them takes money, obviously. Of course it does. In the brochure that you've been given, you get a, um, uh, towards the end, you get a, a, a layout, um, uh, a, um, uh, you get a, a budget showing where we've got to um, against the daring budget that we proposed for ourselves at the start of the year. We knew that at this point we'd probably be looking at some kind of a deficit, and we are. And we knew that some building projects would be coming up for us later in the year, and they have. It's a big hole to fill, I know. 
We're looking at about £25,000 between now and the end of the year. About £6,500 a month. Between 100 of us, we could do that. That's £250 each, or just £62.50 per month. Just a tank of petrol. I know it's a big task. I know that. But we've got to do that if we're to step across that hole and into the new exciting bits of the vision that God is calling us to next year. Recruiting a worship pastor to help us coordinate and strengthen our worship. Attempting our very own church plant, the first for 150 years. How exciting that would be. Listen, guys, it was a big sacrifice for the Christians in Antioch, the new Christians there, setting aside their best teachers and setting aside money to send with them for their mission trip to go and plant new churches. If we want to reap the blessings that God will pour out on new congregations and on those who plant them, then we have to make the sacrifices to make that possible. I know that some of you are already right at the top of what you can give. I know that. I'm not talking to you. Some of you were going to give earlier this year and never quite got around to it. Well, there's another opportunity for you now. Some of you are new here and you haven't quite twigged to the fact that it takes lots to keep this show rolling from week to week. And for some of us, God is calling us to step forwards again. The thing is, nobody else gives us any money. If we want to respond to God's call to us in his mission field, we have to do it ourselves. It's up to us. God is calling us to give our gold and our silver, our turquoise and our precious stones the point of turquoise and precious stones and gold and silver is we love them, we like them, they are precious to us. God is challenging us to sacrifice what is important to us for his important work. What I'm asking you to do is to look at this, read through this brochure this week, and then fill in this response form. And there are all sorts of different responses you can fill in from making some kind of a, um, an extra giving, monthly or a donation, to, no, I've got to, the, I've got to the top point of my giving already. Wherever you're at, whatever God is saying to you, fill it in, please, so that we can all hand these in next week and offer our shared gift to God in the service next week. Others before us, over the generations, have responded to this call from God. Just look around you and see what others have done in buildings and in ministry and in sharing the gospel from generation to generation, which we take for granted and which we receive as a blessing as we sit here this morning. I don't know if you've read the biographies of the church leaders that are uh, pinned up on the walls behind you. They start over in that corner and work their way through to the current day at this end. If you haven't read them yet, go and read them and get a sense of what God has been doing 
decade, decade by decade and leadership by leadership in this church. It's really exciting to see the things that God has done before and is doing again, the, the, the themes that follow right through our history. Today, God is calling us to play our part so that his gospel good news can sound as clearly through South Sea as it did through Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. And as we do, may the words that were spoken about those new Christians, the ones at Antioch, may they be just as true for us in South Sea today. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And when Barnabas arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them, encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessing poured out upon us in the love and grace of your Son and by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the vision that you have given to your people in every generation to do something big for you. And we thank you that we have the privilege of sharing in that vision for our community for today. And Lord, we ask that you would give us the courage and the generosity and the commitment to you to respond as you call us to do. Lord, would you challenge us and reassure us that our response may be wholehearted and full of joy. May the glory be to your Son, Jesus Christ, in this as every generation, through the gift of our lives, through the work of our hands and the words of our mouths, through the giving of our pockets, and through the love of our lives. May glory be to you, Lord Jesus, and blessing be upon this community of South Sea in the fulfilling of your purposes today as every day. Amen.